That's right, folks. It's another episode of the Razzball Fantasy YouTube channel, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Key injuries. You need to know the QB carousel. I feel like I want to sing, and I got to admit you. That's like awesome. That just came to my mind. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the key injuries that are going to impact your fantasy focused on quarterbacks. There are so many new quarterbacks going to, and a couple new ones starting this week. Before we do, I want to make sure you follow us across the board at Razzball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. We would really appreciate if you catch this video. Hit the subscribe, hit the like button, leave a comment. We've been doing this all off-season long, even after season's done. Second, make sure you jump over to Razzball.com. We have great writers. I have fantastic writers that write every single week. We have one that's joining the show today that's dropping knowledge, every single thing for you need from waiver wires to target projections. IDP, we have it all over on Razzball.com. And the best part, too, is we don't just do ba- football. We do baseball, hockey, and basketball as well. So go check it out over at Razzball.com. And, of course, make sure you join us at the Razzball Fantasy Start Sit Show. This week, folks, it's going to be on Saturday. We're having a little Saturday fever with all the games on Saturday. Join us tomorrow, Saturday, December 24th, uh, starting at 8.30 a.m. PST or 11.30 a.m. Eastern. We're going to be dropping knowledge on the Start Sit Show for Saturday. So join us tomorrow to get all your start sick questions. But today's show, let's break down the QB carousel and how these injuries will impact your fantasy team starting right now on the Razzball Fantasy YouTube channel. All right, at this point, my, I mean, the per- I feel like me and Gladys are girlfriends. We go out every Friday. <laughs> I mean, we join the Razzball Fantasy YouTube channel. And instead of dancing, we talk football. Gladys L. Tyler, my right-hand woman. How are you? You can follow her on Twitter at Gladys L. Tyler. What's going on? Hey, not much. How are you doing? You oh, are um, way, way excited. I, I, am, I, I am. I'm like, I don't even know how to keep up with that kind of energy. That's, I'm not going to lie. That's awesome, Gladys. You bring me down. <laughs> I like this. You bring me down the level. I'm a little bit too energetic right now. There's Honestly, like. Yeah, it's at this point, I got to tell you, I've talked to Glass a little off air about some of my tight end streamer issues. <laughs> this whole week, I am filled with more useless tight end knowledge that I need to take a break and focus today on some of these key injuries. So yesterday, a lot of quarterback injuries, and we just kind of sometimes, maybe in some cases, we overreact to these QB issues and we fade players we shouldn't, or... In some cases, are there actually going to be players that are going to be ridic- like impacted by these changes? So there's a couple we're going to talk about today. Before we get into these players, Gladys, any thoughts heading into week 16? Any situation that's kind of in your forefront? Or you just want to just get into it? Um, no situation in my forefront. I um, I, I have to play, you know, I, I'm, I had a buy in two weeks and then uh, two leagues and I lost in a league I didn't have a buy-in and uh, because I overthunk things and put players in that I shouldn't have. And what'd you do? Tell me, tell me your overthink. Give me your number one overthink. What was it? uh, I took out Josh Palmer and put in Alex Pierce who had no, Mm. and it was, and I don't, I don't feel bad because it was a good matchup. And then I took out Lutz and put in young Hoku. And if I played Lutz, I would have won, I think. Because his team just, he was the number one guy, but his team never showed up. But I didn't, and I couldn't. When we talked about it Sunday, remember I asked you, Young Koku or Lutz? Yeah, it was and like I one try- point difference. I tried to put him in, and the CBS doesn't allow you to make changes the day of. So CBS, Fantasy Sports, you suck. I just wow. want to say that. And, Shots um, fired. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. But, you know, I, listen, I, this week it's gonna so, be all right. So I, I have been a huge Justin Fields guy. I have been a Justin Fields oh, yeah. speaker. And uh, all the guys on the show on Sunday told me that I need to start Justin Herbert. And I was the only one like, no, you were. Well, that was a bad decision because I went (laughs) minus 10. I still somehow won by a handful of points. I was so mad. I was Wait, who had minus 10? Justin Fields? No, no. Justin Fields finished in that league, finished with 25 points. Justin Herbert finished with 15. So I lost ten points. Oh wait, you of that switch and I played Justin Herbert because I suck, Gladys. That's why <laughs> I am the worst. I am the worst with this stuff. You got to see me. I have literally picked up every waiver wire tight end this week. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing anymore. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, oh, All right. Okay. So the key edges let's talk about today. The one number one I want to talk about first is Trey McSorley with the uh, McSorley, McSorley, the Arizona Cardinals. This kid's out of Penn State. Um, you know, he's been, he was out of the Ravens for a couple years. He's been kind of a little bit of a preseason darling shows a little flashes of mobility. The one thing that I noticed right off the bat last week was that Trace McSorley has a little more zip and pop on his throws than Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy sits in the pocket, you know, gets the ball out of his hands quickly. That's super nice. But McSorley was a little more aggressive, I think, um, when he played a little bit, but here's some notable things that I thought were interesting. Okay. He does. So in college, he played at Penn State, played with his number one quarter uh, wide receivers were KJ Hamler and Chris Godwin. Um, but the thing I thought was very interesting was Mike Jazicki and Pat Firemuth had very good seasons in college with him. He actually targeted them a lot. Mike Jazicki, 48 receptions, 679 yards, five touchdowns. The second season, he had nine touchdowns. And then the third year, he had Pat Firemuth with eight touchdowns. So he was really targeting the tight ends a lot. And that translated a little bit. A little bit in the game last week, uh, McBride came alive against Denver. Two of the targets were with McSorley. Uh, he did have 43 yards and one really big catch. So, I, you know, obviously, we're we, this is a, this is a part of my my psychopathic travel down. Trey McBride was in my search for a tight end. <laughs> I did think about it for a minute because I'm like, you know, there is something here when you look at the history of it. But overall. Um, Hopkins paced the team with uh, three targets, um, and James Conner had three targets, but really it didn't look pretty with McSorley. Um, And then also I thought it was notable, Juwan Johnson played at Penn State, was also pretty productive with McSorley. So there might be something there uh, for a deeper name like Trey McBride. But overall, I guess the real question is for this one, are you sitting James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown? What's your thoughts on these guys? So um, Marquise Brown, yes. Marquise Brown to me is a sit, um, Mm -hmm. mainly because he has – okay, here's the thing that I found that was really interesting. Both um, D-Hop and Marquise Brown have the same ADOT. They have 9.3 is their same ADOT, but D-Hop has way, way more um, yards after catch, which is what McSorley is going to need because it's going to be quick dump-offs. So I'm not sending D-Hop if I have him, if I had him. I'm not sending James Conner because I think that um, since week 10, Tampa Bay's allowed 12, the 12th most rushing yards. And Conner is a volume play. And you got to think that, I mean, who knows what Cliff Kingsbury is going to do because he's like in that desperation, oh, my God, I don't want to get fired kind of thing going on too. So the, he really needs yeah. to win this game. So it's going to go, they're, they're going to funnel it through your two best players, and that's Conner and D-Hop. And I, I would, if I set either one of them and they don't go off, I, I'm 
I'm okay with that because McSorley isn't, he isn't uh, outrageously bad. You know, I mean, he, his stats aren't that bad. So D hop. Yes. Hollywood. No. James Conner. Yes. And uh, McBride, I'm sorry, I would, I, I'm not playing him. <laughs> I know. Let me tell you though, I did, I got you thinking a little bit with that Penn State stuff. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I, listen, James Conner's an absolute workhorse. Um, he actually produced against San Francisco just a few weeks ago, and no one produced against San Francisco. He always finds the end zone, and like you, I think, I think the key that you just brought up was, you know, um, Cliff Kingsbury's playing for his job. So like, if he, so he's gonna play his studs. Even with the third-string quarterback, he needs to show that this team's still fighting for him because if they aren't, he could lose his job. So I think I'm in on Connor. D-Hop, listen, I expect them to shadow him with Charlton Davis, like similarly Davis did last week with Chase. Um, but I think he can win that matchup just a couple times and similar to what Chase did last week. But overall, I mean, listen, Trey McBride, folks, If I'm not going to play him, but if he goes off, you remember where you heard it here first. All right, let's jump down to the next one. It's the Indianapolis Colts and Nick Foles. And I'll tell you right now, I think there's a, a little bit of misconception about Nick Foles. He actually isn't terrible. Like, Nick Foles had some moments, of course. I know a long time ago with the Eagles, the, the great Super Bowl run. But even recently, if you look at Nick Foles, he is ca- capable of, like, having a solid receiver. And so I wanted to take a look back. Last year, he played one start. He threw for 250 yards and a touchdown in that game. He targeted Montgomery nine times in Chicago, of course. Darnell Mooney, nine targets. And Cole Komet went four for 49. Those three guys had okay days. Mooney went five for 57. Montgomery was an absolute monster. He had seven seven catches for 61 yards. I think that Nick Foles can support good talent. Like, I think if you're a good player, he's going to get you the ball. And I don't think he's going to be a complete dud. And the the one thing that gets me excited a little bit about Michael Pittman because because of this is Allen Robinson in 2020 in the seven starts with Nick Foles averaged 6.4 receptions and 75 yards per game. Where Nick Foles falls short is he doesn't really score a lot of touchdowns. He only had seven touchdowns in seven games. Maybe Chase McLaughlin comes back for a repeat and drops some field goals for us on Monday night. But overall, I don't think it's a huge downgrade for Matt Ryan. I do think he's actually going to be more aggressive. He's got better arm talent right now than Matt Ryan does. So What's your thoughts on Nick Foles and the impact on the Indianapolis Colts offense? The one thing that worries me about the Colts offense is their offensive line and Nick Foles behind that offensive line there. The 21st uh, PFF rated offensive line. Quentin Nelson, who is the only Indianapolis player that selected to the Pro Bowl, has given up more sacks this year than he has in his three years combined playing. So um, Foles is going to have to get rid of the ball fast or he's going to have to scramble a lot. Uh, I am not playing either of the running backs because I don't know which one, um, right. which one is going to be featured. Michael Pittman kind of interests me, but Michael Pittman is also a volume play. Um, he, if he doesn't get double digit targets, he's only had two touchdowns all season. So if he doesn't get double digit targets and you're not in a PPR league and you're in a standard league, he's, it's a no go. I am uh lower on Nick Foles and Indianapolis Colts than I think most are because he's Nick Foles and he's like the Super Bowl uh savior you know but that was such a long time ago and that was with Doug Mm -hmm. Peterson and he has neither of those right now um the only one I think is seemingly viable 
is Pittman, except that he's going to run his routes against Michael Davis and Asante Samuel. And Asante Samuel is balling. Michael Davis, not so much. But that's like, you know, choose your poison. I, I just, I don't. It would behoove them to be a run game, but which running back is it going to be? So I, I'm, I'm out on Nick Poles. Offensive line sucks. Um, he hasn't played all year. Can he get rid of the ball quick enough to overcome um, an unstable offensive line? And which one of his running backs is he going to start dumping the ball off to? Yeah, I, I think you're right about the PPR thing with Pittman, too. Because Foles, if you look at the numbers, he doesn't throw for a lot of touchdowns. Um, he hasn't done it recently. He throws, like, one touchdown a game. That's a crapshoot who that's going to be. Um, but I, I don't – I just want to say, though, Matt Ryan is not – at this stage in his career, I don't – I can't imagine Nick Foles being a, a downgrade on, on Matt Ryan. He looks <laughs> he – can't, he can't move. He has zero zip on the ball. Like, it's the it's the two worst things you could be as a quarterback. No pow, no no push on the ball, and you can't run. Like, <laughs> you know, I can't imagine Nick Fole being worse than that. But, yeah, I do agree. He's a statue behind a bad offense. You got Khalil Mack and company. I totally understand there. But here's a, here's a, another one of my crazy tight end <laughs> ones here. Uh, Kylan Grayson, Grayson might be out this week. The last time he missed a game, Jelani Woods okay. went 8 for 98 against the Steelers. Um, this week he gets an average matchup against the Chargers. Um, I don't know if I'll ever do that, but man, I was digging deep when I saw Ky- Kyron Granson out. I was like, okay, Jelani. So maybe there it is as well. Let's jump down to Malik Willis. Um, wow. Okay, first of all, okay, this is he went six for ten and five for sixteen in his two games. Like, holy. So I at this point. I think th- I think this is one of those where it impacts not only the Titans but it also impacts the, the ti- uh, Texans because in this game uh, it could be like 13-10 like it might be that might be the final score of this game Se- uh, like 17-14 type stuff I think you know the Ryan Tannehill impact it's just you can't start any of the receiving court forget it I know uh Okongwu uh, has been one of those guys we talked about a bunch no freaking way. Um, six for 10 and five for 16. But I do think it brings down the, the Houston Texans guys as well, even though there's not many guys. Brandon Cook should be back. The only guy that is probably safe is Derrick Henry. He went 32 for 219 and two and 17 for 115 and two. So those are the two starts with Malik Willis. He went bonkers. Trust me, the Titans need to win this game. They cannot yeah. lose. So they, they need to win. If they lose this game, they're in a tie with the Jags for the lead in the division. And then they have to face the Jags and could be knocked out of the playoffs completely. So I think overall the only guy I'm touching in this entire game is Derrick Henry. Is there any other insights you want to give us, Gladys, on Malik Willis's impact with the Titans? Um, not really. I mean, there's not really much to say about him. I feel bad for him. Uh, they played Houston October 30th. He went six for 10, 55 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked three times. He had five carries for 12 yards. He ended up with a 35.4 QBR rating. Um, he, yeah, it wasn't pretty, it it wasn't, it wasn't nice. Um, I, I, Derrick Henry, uh, uh, yeah, that's the, and even though they know, like everyone in the universe knows, like I've been listening to a podcast today on like DFS players and they're all like, oh yeah, Derrick Henry. Everyone's going to play Derrick Henry. Everyone in this known universe, everyone in the multiverse knows Derrick Henry is going to be the nice. one who gets the ball like a hundred thousand times. 
Doctor Strange is going to have him on his DFS lineup. Come yeah, on, exactly, because um, that that that's all you got in this game. I do want to say that Brandon Cooks is supposed to play, and Brandon Cooks is playing for next year, so I can see them trying to because they don't have a run game. I mean, and they're going to have to keep up with Derrick Henry. It's going to be such a slow plotting game, though. Oh, I, so like I, I don't even know who's gonna watch it or who could stand to watch it. So, um, the only thing I have two words: Derrick Henry. Sorry, Malik. All right, that's bad. all good. Man. And listen, it's it is it's tough, especially if you had Shay um, Akongwu, who's been doing yes. really well without, and they got Traylon Burks coming back to potentially. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Why? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles garner Minshew. Now this one's a little fun. <laughs> I like this one. This is fun. Like Jalen Hurts is a stud. Not the guy's an MVP candidate, but Gardner Minshew's just a lot of fun to watch. The guy's out of his mind. Got the stash going, the long locks. You know, he had a little fun with the Jacksonville Jaguar. He was Trevor Lawrence before Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh yeah, but here's a, here's some interesting things that I thought with Gardner Minshew. Now, listen, DJ Chark in 2019 had a very big season with him. In 2020, he kind of moved way from Chark and more to Keelan Cole. Um, and one of the things I noticed is that he does tend to target the middle of the field more. Jalen Hurts is one of those very few quarterbacks that is actually almost 50-50 outside in the slot. He does like to target the perimeter more than most quarterbacks, which is good for Brown and Smith. Minshew is not really like that. He's more of the normal 60-40 guy. He will target the middle of the field a little bit more. Um, in the game last year, in 2021, when he played the Jets, he went 20 for 25, 242, and 2. So I think he's a solid play. They blew the doors off the Jets. They got a good matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. That could be a fun game for him. So if I'm going to stream a court, if I'm a Jalen Hurts owner, I wouldn't even mind starting Gardner Minshew necessarily. But what I thought was notable was Dallas Goddard, 6 for 105 and 2. The running backs, 8 receptions in that game as well. I do think Gardner Mitchell might throw a little bit more to his running backs and tight ends than Jalen Hurts does. Um, so I do think it's a little bit of a bump for Miles Sanders. He might get an extra target or two. I also think in goal line situations, you'll see Miles Sanders get the ball. Um, I do like Dallas Goddard a lot. I don't think A.J. Brown is a fade. I'm just saying maybe he's more of a wide receiver two than a wide receiver one this week. Same thing with Smith, maybe more of a wide receiver three. What's your thoughts on Gardner Minshew's impact on this offense? Um, I think that... Smith is a fade mainly because uh, Goddard's back. If Goddard is back in full health, because I think um, Minshew is going to target uh, Dallas Goddard a lot or who else, whoever is playing tight end in that game. But like you said last year, when the two games they played together, Minshew 105 yards, two touchdowns went to Dallas Goddard. So that's his man. Um, Miles Sanders, I like. He had a really bad game last week, but – I can see them wanting to Philly is like a run, a run, run offense. Anyway, um, I can see Goddard not only handing the ball off to Sanders, but also throwing to Sanders too. So I think his floor has risen slightly because he's not competing with Jalen hurts. So yeah. Sanders's floor is risen. Dallas Goddard, if he's healthy, like I think he was supposed to come back last week and then they held him out, which to me seems that he is a little more healthier than we think. So Dallas Goddard and Sanders are the two I think are going to get the best bump. A.J. Brown is sixth in yards after catch. So if um, I can see him getting like two passes and getting two touchdowns. Like uh, I'm not I'm not fading A.J. Brown. The only one I would fade on that offense is Devontae Smith and only because – 
I think he's competing with Dallas Goddard, and I don't think he'll win in that competition for targets. According to Sports Injury Central, Dallas Goddard is ranked at 86, which is very good. It means he's actually pretty healthy. They're expecting him to play a full amount of snaps, so we'll see from there. Let's talk did, about – Did you pick him up? Did you pick him up? Oh, God, no. I couldn't. He was on every team. Gladys, trust me. We wouldn't even be having a discussion right now if Dallas Goddard was available. I would have scooped him up. I would have paid money for him. I would have have sent a Christmas card to his family if he was available, but he was not. So, unfortunately, I will not. Let's talk about some quick slants really quick. Okay. Um, Maybe grab one or two of these guys. But first off, I want to just bring two a couple guys up. Tyler Huntley played the last three games essentially – Missed a little bit of time in the second one. Um, I think the only guy that's really notable there is Mark Andrews. Um, The Falcons do allow the six most points to tight ends this season. So maybe I think I'm okay with Mark Andrews, but I'm not going to start anybody else. Desmond Ritter, his first start went 13 for 26 for 97 yards, but seven catches for 70 yards for Drake London. This week he gets a Ravens team that's more of an out-fundle defense and no Marcus Peters, so there could be something there. Um, I actually don't mind him as a wide receiver three play. I think I think Desmond Ritter gets it. Just throw it to freaking Drake London. Brock Purdy, three games as a starter. He's got two touchdowns in every start, over 210 yards in two of those games. His target distribution's 19 for CMC, 16 for Brandon Ayuk, 13 for George Kittle. Production has been very good for all those guys. Uh, CMC seems to be benefiting the most from him. Um, and the commanders have really improved on defense. They do get Chase Young. That game should be really tight over there as well. But they are beatable with pass catching RBs. So I think it's a little bit tougher for Kittle and Ayuk than it is for CMC. But it's hard to get away from a guy like Kittle, especially Mayfield. Two games that he's played so far. The Raiders game, Cinderella throws the touchdown late. Awesome. Oh, he comes right back down the earth against the Packers. 111 yards, one score. Um, Denver is more uh, vulnerable to slot receivers and tight ends than they are out wide with their good perimeter cornerbacks. But Tutu Outwell, believe it or not, 13 targets over the last two weeks for Baker Mayfield. Tyler Higby last week, four for 27 and one. I don't think maybe Tutu Outwell could be like a DFS dart throw. I do not trust him in season long. Tyler Higby, though, love to get your thoughts if he's a potential low end tight end one this week. And finally, Sam Darnold, the last three games, his impact has been. Hasn't turned the ball over, but a lot of ball control. 19 attempts, 24 and 23. They are not throwing the ball a lot. He's got one touchdown, no interceptions in every single game. DJ Moore, though, has been solid. Nine catches for 176 yards, two touchdowns. The Lions have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers this over the last six weeks. So, you know, feel free to talk about who you want, but I do feel like I am curious to get your thoughts on maybe DJ Moore, Tyler Higby, um, the, the San Francisco situation, Drake London, and Mark Andrews. Okay, that's pretty much all of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever. I'm just going to kick back now. Don't talk to me, Gladys. Okay, so here's the thing. Sam Darnold has the best matchup. Unfortunately, Sam Darnold is not as trustworthy as we wish Sam Darnold could be. However, I do think that DJ Moore has a good for DFS. I would play him. I don't think I'd play him in season-long. Um, Desmond Ritter targeted 43% of his targets went to Drake London um, last week. He had 11 targets and what Ritter threw 26. He had 26. Ritter had 26 attempts, 13 completions, 11 of those 13s were Drake London's. So um, if you have Drake London, I would play Drake London. I mean, 
if he's going to, we know if he's going to pass, you know, we know where it's going to go. It's going to go to Drake London. And I, I, I have no problem with that. Um, Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews, I think is a DFS stack. I like it because I think Huntley is going to have to start running Brock pretty. This is the toughest defense that he has to face. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to hold like a prom dress, but I'm just saying that Montez sweat and chase young are what? Why do prom dresses fold? <laughs> when you like, take them off, you know? Like, oh, you to, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't wear a prom dress. I'm not saying you did it. Yet. I did not. You know, oh. I thought I did, back in high school, I didn't have a prom date, so I didn't go. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm okay. just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So, um, uh, CMC is always, always, always in play. Like, I, I, I don't even know why you wouldn't. I don't even know why I didn't draft him. I, I'm really hating myself right now when I think about it. Thanks for that flashback but um oh because he was in carolina that's why i didn't draft him but brock pretty this is the hardest defense that brock pretty will face and i he has like the least amount of throws past the 20 yard line so it's going to be a lot of cmc because sweat and young are going to be in his face all game long we know that's going to happen tyler higby i do not trust i don't care i i don't care how many times baker mayfield thinks he looks his way i don't trust baker mayfield either because you know Last game, he looked really bad, but he was really cold. It was in Green Bay. They were a little cold. He like every time he saw him, he was like bundled up in his parka or whatever. But Tyler, he he was on the sideline. They had him like every time they showed him, he was like bundled up like a little oh, like the kid from Christmas Story when he can't walk because he has yes. all the clothes on. Yes, it is Christmas time, so I like it. I like that. All right, call. Thanks. Um, so out of the notable, our notable changes. Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews, I like. Desmond Ritter, I'm not particularly fond of, but I do like Drake London. Brock Purdy, I like CMC, not Brock Purdy. Baker Mayfield, no, big no. Sam Darnold, I would play Sam Darnold on a dart throw in DFS with DJ Moore because it's a great matchup. Detroit Lions, they're going to have to keep up with Detroit. I mean, I don't think Carolina is still in the hunt, right, because they lost that game. They can no longer – they're not – playoff people that that nfc south man i do think they're all still involved because like the oh Bay keeps so losing. That's so, Bay keeps losing. so i think it is i think everyone's still alive somehow yeah so they're gonna have to keep up with detroit and detroit knows they're still alive and you know um golf isn't really great away from home but he was manageable last week and he kept his team in the game and they won and in order for carolina to keep up with them it's not going to be deontay foreman it's going to be dj moore and sam donald would have to do the job I think the Carolina Panthers got to hope for the same exact type of game the Jets just had in the sense that, you know, road golf comes up. Road golf is kind of boring. He doesn't have a big game and and the game's like 17-20 and they have a shot late to, you know, tie or win the game. Uh, you know, I know we talked about Tommy Tremble a couple weeks ago and <laughs> down in my soul, I would love to play him against Detroit because Detroit's like one of the best matchups, but I could never recommend Tommy Tremble. I might just for a dollar just put him in a DFS <laughs> I can say I took a shot on him, but that's all we'll about it. It's pretty bad. All right. That's it, folks. That's all we got for today. As a reminder, we do have uh, the Sunday Live Start Situ will be tomorrow, Saturday, December 24th, because all the games are tomorrow. So we'll be on for about an hour starting at 8.30 a.m. PST. So join us for the Saturday Live Start Situ. I like it. Saturday Live. A lot more fun. Christmas Eve. Bring your toys. Bring everything. Santa will probably show up. I don't even know. Rudolph. Off the show from last year's antics. We can't have him on again, unfortunately. The Grinch will probably be involved. We love it all. But thanks for joining once again. It's the Rasball Fantasy 
podcast on the Rasball Fantasy YouTube channel. Make sure you jump and subscribe to the Rasball Fantasy YouTube channel. Also, IG and TikTok. And, of course, make sure you go to Rasball.com. And, finally, go follow Gladys. Follow our Gladys L. Tyler on Twitter. Thank you for joining once again. I'm your host, Bobby LaMarco. We are out of here, folks. <laughs>